0: The rich
1: Neo-libs are a bitch. Medicare for all. Your bros can suck my balls.
0: Fuck your reply, guys. Please don't fuck your reply, guys.
1: Just listen to Reply, guys. Welcome back to Reply, guys, the leftist feminist comedy podcast for the rest of us.
2: Hello, Julia. I am Kate Willett. Hi.
1: (laughs) Hello, Kate. I'm Julia Clare.
2: We are still nailing down our intro. This is our second episode. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we're still really figuring out what this show is. uh, But one thing that we know that it definitely is, is a celebration of
1: Reply Guys. The Reply Guys in our life. We're two very online women so uh, there's a lot of men in our mentions, um, and Kate, you have a you have a good one.
2: Yeah, so I have a reply guy of the week. Um, it's just a little background to this reply guy. So, you know, I've been venturing out onto Hinge. Uh, I'm not sure that mm-hmm. I'm ready to date, but I, I am having kind of a thirsty summer, kind of trying to figure out, like, all right, you know, am I uh, emotionally ready to? engage with humanity and in, in any way whatsoever and um so I, I went out uh for the first time um on on a hinge date I met I met this guy and uh he he found out that I was a comedian I well he found out because I told him that and then
1: he it's <laughs> always such a gamble I, yeah. I I wait as long as I can yeah to say it
2: So I'm going to do that from now on because what happened here is this dude spent, like, the first 30 minutes of our interaction explaining to me how to do stand-up comedy. I love
1: that so much. Which is
2: great because now I know after talking
1: to him. Thank uh, God that he was there. Yeah.
2: So there was a certain point in the conversation where things kind of changed, and he says, you know, so speaking of comedy... Um, I don't think that Aziz did anything wrong.
1: Um, which, I love that.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, is like with, you know, meeting people on online, you know, people complain about it. And I, I think that, you know, my new standard is I, I really just want to make it through a first meeting with someone without them bringing up sexual assault. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, a lot of time it doesn't happen. Um, so, you know, he talks about Aziz, uh, he's. I don't think Aziz did anything wrong. I say to him, like, I really don't want to talk about this. Yeah. Um, and he's like, let's just talk about it for a second. And I'm like, I, I really don't want to talk about this. And he goes, "Come on, let's just talk about it a little bit. And I'm like, okay, this is now the conversational equivalent of what Aziz did wrong. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I go home and I, I post this interaction on Twitter as I do, you know because that's like as a woman in this world, what are our options, really, except
1: to post? We have to post. We have to post. So much bad stuff happens to us, we have to post.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> I go home, I post this exchange on Twitter, and, and I get a reply guy. Um, and this is a reply guy I know in real life, so I won't, uh, I won't name him by handle on the show, but he goes, where do you find these people on the heel of your shoe? And where do you find these people is one of my least favorite reply guy situations, because, you know, I post a lot of jokes about men, which actually are a lot of the time usually just me like recounting stuff that has happened mm-hmm. in real life. And it's a really big reply guy thing to go. Where do you find these people? Uh, and I think that because the re- it's
1: your, Fault. Yeah, exactly, because it's,
2: <laughs> because it's your fault, um, and you know, it's also like, oh, toxic masculinity is so uncommon that you you I know. must have a special ability to find these people. And I I don't know. I mean, I think it's like a really annoying type of reply guy that like really needs to make the sexism that's happening to you in your life about your picker as yeah. a woman. Like you just you <laughs> you picked them wrong, you know. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I,
1: I, I, laid the smack down on Twitter. Um, you know, I don't. Oh shit. Your reply got 86 likes. Your reply to him. That's, that's some good shit.
2: Yeah. I mean, so all week I've been, uh, with my friends characterizing people, um, in, in drama scenarios. I've, I've had a theory that um, in life, when there, whenever there's any kind of drama at all, there's a, a drama top and a drama bottom. <laughs> I realize that this is. Are we appropriating for the gay, from the gay community? Absolutely. I think so. That well, what white women do. Um, <laughs> that's what white women do. Yes, queen. Um, yes,
1: queen. Yes. You are. I mean, you're. I I can't say that I'm not queer, but you are. So.
2: Yes, but that doesn't stop me from appropriating. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Anyway, there's drama tops and there's drama bottoms. You know, in case it's like, I'm I'm getting clear about how to explain this. Um, I feel like in a a drama top scenario, uh, some common drama top strategies could be uh, instigating a Twitter fight. It could be, um, you you know, you're the one behaving in an aggressive fashion. Um, Maybe you're... uh, talking shit, I don't know. Just anything that's like really, you know, you're the one that is outwardly... You're the aggressor. Yeah, that is outwardly exhibiting control in the drama situation. Um, You can also be a drama bottom. I feel like uh, common drama bottom strategies include like, you know, manipulation, withhold... uh, No, withholding is really more of a drama top thing, but I I think manipulation, passive aggression... um, Crying. crying, these are like drama bottom scenarios. I uh, I identify as a drama
1: bottom. I'm a drama bottom. Yeah, for sure. I mean,
2: I think a lot a lot of comedians are probably drama bottoms because really, like going away from subtweeting someone, is a yeah, drama bottom. Subtweeting is the ultimate drama bottom move, and yeah. I love it. Like, I I mean, I would actually say that subtweeting these days is my sexuality. Um, it's the only thing that legitimately turns me on, and, um, I tried to explain this to my therapist, and she just really was hung up on what is a subtweet, and I, I kind of wanted to preserve her innocence by not letting her know, so,
1: you know. I mean, honestly, the existence of this podcast is a subtweet, yes, so. Yes, yes. That's what we did, and that's we why we We made a here. podcast
2: to subtweet our friends. <laughs> um, so, you know, I feel like, uh, when I replied to this guy and got an 86 likes, I, uh, I was drama topping him, um, in a way I had to, uh, yeah, I had to lay it down, and uh, you know, I think that th- this kind of thing it happens to me often, and um, I think that it leads people to want to interact with me, assuming that I'm going to drama top them. Yeah, and I'm just I'm only a top on Twitter, you know, yeah. like I have to punish bad boys on Twitter. <laughs> and, and I don't want to do it. Um, it's an exertion of my emotional energy in a way that I, I don't always want to. Um, but yeah, I I had to, I had to top this man, you know, and I'm just, it's just like, it's frustrating for me because I feel like for a lot of my reply guys, like this is what they come here for. Yeah. They want to be told that they are a bad, bad bad little boy. And I have to tell them, um,
1: they want you to, to, to daddy dom them. Yeah. And
2: I know that I'm playing right into it, but at the same time, like, um, you know, can I just, uh, can I just see sexism on the internet and just let it go? Um, maybe I would be a saner person. Yeah, uh, Jesus. Maybe I would seem more fun, uh, or, or maybe I would seem less fun. I, I think that a lot of the people who follow my work, like, they come they come for the scenario that is yeah. me drama-topping a man on the internet.
1: Yeah. I think your stand-up is, is drama-topping men. Yeah. In a good way. It is. It's why I love it.
2: Oh, okay. Well, you know, I mean... I know that it turns me on, um, but, it, yeah, it also drains me. So, anyway, I would say that this Reply Guy of the Week, uh, where do you find these people?
1: Fuck off forever with that question. Fuck off
2: forever with that question. Uh, you're a Maybe, bad boy, and you deserve to be punished, but I may Do some soul-searching. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Jesus Christ. Do you
2: have a Reply Guy of the Week?
1: Boy, do I. Uh, yeah, I made the mistake of posting a picture of myself on... Uh, on Twitter, uh, and I I used the caption "horse girl summer" because uh, it's going around on Twitter "hot girl summer" that uh, that fun little meme or whatever. Um, so I figured I should post something more in line with my aesthetic. Um, but the reply that I got, and I actually didn't see it initially because I have muted this person. <laughs> Um, and I did not drama top him. I, d- I drama bottomed him by screenshotting it and posting it in my Instagram stories. Um, okay, but I will read... Uh,
2: Screenshots are great drama bottom moves.
1: That's all I am. That's all I know how to do. Okay, but... Okay, so this is a picture of myself, and if I can say this, I look good in the picture. You look
2: really hot.
1: Thank you. I'm
2: sorry if that's objectifying.
1: Um, (laughs) I look, I mean, I never think this about myself. I have raging body dysmorphia and um, I feel like garbage all the time, but I know that I look good in this picture. So there's the context for that. Okay. Here's what he said. You are what Stan Hope would call Already not a great start. You are what Stanhope would call, quote, not stripper beautiful, but the kind of beautiful that works retail. The kind of beautiful that if your life ever flashed before your eyes, you'd have to stop at that point and jerk off. And scene. That is the end quote. Um, These are the men who frequent my mentions. And if you, I, I, this is another thing that I feel like, I think that dudes on the internet don't understand that this is shit that we get all the time. And it like, I think that there's, it's, it's kind of like the, where do you find these guys thing? It's like, you don't, I think that they don't believe that this happens to us.
2: (laughs) That's why we have to screenshot it so that you believe us.
1: Um, but because I screenshotted, I did have some, uh, some male allies reply to him, uh, just quote, Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
2: Plus, I love that, like, I love that he thinks that... He thinks that's a compliment. You're
1: dying. I know. And
2: that you're just, like, you're going to be so I'm going to be so pleased horny. with that.
1: I'm going to be so... Horned up by that.
2: Like, I feel like this is a trope that men assume that we are objectifying ourselves in the same tacky ass way that they objectify us. And I do, you know, the thing is, is I do want to be objectified in in moderation. (laughs) But I like when someone objectifies me with like just, you know, the slightest little bit of uh, finesse like it can't just be like oh man if I had your boobs I'd play with them all day you yeah know? like
1: also it's like actually Natalie Wynn from ContraPoints made a video about this um, in particular about how exactly that point men think that we objectify ourselves in the same way that they objectify us and it's just not true or that we want to be objectified by them for various reasons um, but it's like you know there was this like video that went viral of like women in prison making makeup out of like prison shit, and it's like there's no men in an all women's prison. Uh,
2: we do it for us.
1: We do it for us, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, and also I'm not wearing a particularly come hither outfit on in this picture. Um, not that I own any such outfits, um, but I mean I shouldn't even have to defend it. Insofar as that But yeah I should be able to Fucking post a picture of myself Without somebody telling me That they want to pull over on the side of the road and jerk off
2: but then also in the scenario you're dying i know like that it's not even like uh just even in death even in death i can't escape it's not even just that he wants to jerk off to you or whatever it's that like you also have to be dying for this scenario to really turn him on (laughs)
1: honestly but that makes a lot of sense because the hottest woman the hottest woman to a man is a dead (laughs) one
2: Is that true? Are straight men worse than we realize? I don't
1: know, but um, you know, hashtag not all straight men. There are some good ones. Uh,
2: you know what I've been calling the good ones lately? So, a while a while ago, let me pull up this quote. So, a while ago uh, there was this kerfuffle on the internet about Neera Tanden, who is the president of the Center for American Progress, which is a think tank in Washington, D.C. It's a centrist think tank, and um, it had come out that Think Progress was publishing some stuff that was explicitly anti-Bernie, which, like, you know, they're, they shouldn't theoretically have an agenda in that way mm-hmm. since they're a democratic think tank. And, like, it's just they're not supposed to be, like, publicly against Bernie or even against him at all, you know, if that's not too much to ask. But uh, so um, this journalist from The New York Times uh, called her mom and her mom uh, gave some uh, a, an interview to this journalist, uh, where she said that uh, her her daughter complains about Bernie brothers, which, <laughs> which in this interview was uh, a, d- described as a disparaging shorthand to refer to Sanders' white, young, and male supporters, but. For my own purposes, I've really latched onto the term "Bernie Brothers." Almost, because, you
1: know, could have been yeah. the name of this podcast. Yeah,
2: so you know, I I've had some run-ins on the internet uh, with uh, what may be called "Bernie Bros," as yeah. we talked about on the podcast last week, and you know, this term is maybe used to dismiss uh, Bernie Sanders supporters uh, in ways that are unfair sometimes. Because as we know, um, a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters are not young white men. He has huge support among uh, people of color. And a lot of his support is uh, coming from people who are at the lower end of the economic spectrum. Absolutely. who really need things like um, Medicare for all. Uh,
1: I will say, though, if you, and I think it's it's obviously dismissive, it's a dismissive term intentionally, but if you think that it's a slur, which I've literally I've seen people on the internet say, you've never been called a real slur before, yeah. um, and you need to find God because it's. I mean, come on! If if that's the worst thing you've ever been called. God bless. Like, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean... If you
1: think it's that big of a... Obviously, it's dismissive, but, like, get over yourself if you think it's that big of a deal.
2: Well, and it, the thing is, is it has been weaponized to kind of prevent people from seeing the way that Bernie Sanders' policies are actually really what would help a lot of people. And, like, you know, just painting it as this, like, bro thing, I think, creates this narrative that, you know, it's it's actually not about economic justice which it is for most people but point is that i was trying to make is i fucking love the term bernie brothers because it's finally uh given me a home i think about what my male friends are in my life and i'm like yeah they are my bernie brothers you know because bernie bros like that sounds like somebody who's just harassing you on the internet who's saying something to you like uh don't vote with your vagina or whatever you know just, like, still posting about Hillary Clinton, like, now in 2019. But Bernie Brothers, like, that's really cute. That sounds like somebody that, like... It sounds pretty all,
1: wholesome, Yeah, honestly. you're going to
2: get donuts, and you're going to bring them to striking shop and stop workers with Elizabeth Warren. Like th- that's what you do with our your brothers Bernie and
1: our brothers and Bernie. Yeah.
2: So yeah, I've, I've since started referring to a lot of the men in my life as my Bernie brothers. And, and that I think that's adorable. Really cute. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: really cute. Yeah. And, um, you
2: know, that's, a, that's one way that I've been, uh, calling people in, um, when it comes <laughs> rather to, than uh, calling them out. That's yeah. to socialist feminism <laughs> you know, as my Bernie brother. Um, so I, I do love near Tannin's mom for this. I think it's really adorable. Mm-hmm.
1: We do owe her that debt. Yes. Okay. Um, we know that there is. This has been a, a big couple of of weeks in the news, and there's a lot of horrifying things happening at the border right now. And we thought that we would it would be an injustice uh, to that topic to just only cover it briefly. So we will be uh, discussing it in a later episode.
2: Yeah, we'd like to have a guest on the show that can really speak to what's happening there. I mean, we are. Uh We are in a situation where there are concentration camps at our border, and I I highly recommend checking out what um, Ocasio-Cortez is saying on Twitter. Um, Representative Jayapal and Slabe and Ilhan Omar um, are really, really speaking out about this issue, and uh, we will talk about this on the podcast, but we want to make sure that we at least do our very best to try to do justice to this monumental topic um, which is hurting so many people Um, but for now um, we have something that I'm really excited to share with you which is a deep dive on abortion with Sarah Hartshorn from Abortion AF and she's really awesome we chose this topic because we feel because
1: it's hilarious yeah because it's
2: hilarious because we don't really feel like this topic is getting enough attention um, on you know maybe other leftist podcasts, um, yeah. maybe it's it's not something that, um, yeah, that we feel like gets the attention that it deserves. But so. it
1: absolutely falls under the umbrella of economic justice and leftism and progressive goals, so I think it's criminal to not talk about it. Guys.
2: This week, we are so excited to be joined on the podcast by one of my friends, Sarah Hartshorn from Abortion AF. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so Welcome, much for joining Sarah. us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
2: So will you tell us a little bit about what Abortion AF is?
0: Yes. So Abortion AF is the abbreviated name of, um, it's really two organizations. They're sister organizations, but the, the biggest one is Abortion Access Front. Um The reason there are two organizations is like a boring tax filing reason, basically. Like we have one organization where we can lobby against specific politicians, but donations are not tax deductible because you don't want lobbyists to have uh, (laughs) tax-deductible donations. Um, But then the other one is Abortion Access Front, and um, that is a regular nonprofit. Regular
2: nonprofit in the sense that... We
0: don't lobby against specific politicians. We can't, like, say that person's garbage, don't vote for them. But what we can say are, like, facts about abortion and abortion access and uh, laws that affect it. Um, And we... So we are kind of a two-pronged nonprofit. We do two things. One, we create content that educates people about abortion rights and about the the things that are affecting it. And then we also do a tour every year um, where we provide on-the-ground support to independent abortion clinics who provide about 65% of the abortions in America, and they are under constant attack from mm-hmm. legislation and also uh, crazy alt-right groups and um, protesters and really scary people who are like on FBI watch lists and um, a lot of times Planned Parenthood gets more of the donations and less of the heat. So we try to provide support to these clinics where we go. What we do on the tour is we'll go and we'll we'll visit the clinics and just be like, "Hi, what do you want? What do you need?" And they'll be like, "Take us out for drinks." And we'll take them out for drinks. And usually when we do that, we'll find out about other things that they need like you know maybe they can't find a contractor because like for example when we were in Nebraska they needed their gate fixed and the contractor that they had been working with couldn't work with them anymore because a bunch of crazy radical anti-choice people had like doxed him and put all his info online oh and started God. harassing him and so they just needed someone to fix their gate but they couldn't find anybody or I'm sorry fix their stairs Um, So then we have a comedy show, we bring in comedians from, you know, all over the country that are really amazing, we do the show, and then afterwards we have a talk back, usually with someone from the clinic or with an activist from the area, and we say, hey, this is what your clinic is facing right now, this is what they're dealing with, these are, you know, um, the laws that are maybe going to be up for vote in the next election, and this is also how you can help them. And so a lot of people will be like, oh, I can get paid to, like, help Yeah, and I can feel, you know, so we'll find someone who can fix their stairs or fix their toilet or fix their door, whatever it is, you know, we'll replace their coffee maker, just like some small thing. um, And raise awareness in their community to then, yeah, help them going forward, because a lot of times there are really strong liberal bubbles in these really conservative states. But maybe they, you know, don't necessarily know to help the independent abortion clinic. So Mm -hmm. that's sort of the two things we do. When we're in New York, we're making content. And then when we're on the road, which we're about to be, uh, we are, yeah, providing support to independent clinics, which are amazing. And- Yeah, they're great. They're so much fun. (laughs) It's like when we talk to like even people who just, you know, do their medical records, right? Mm -hmm. They have, they'll have bookkeepers or something who can't say what they do when they go on dates. Yeah. You know, like imagine if you were going to go on a date and they're like, what do you do? And you're like, um, let's talk about anything else. You know, like they can't because it's, it's literally sometimes a safety risk and also just, it can be really scary and a lot of them can't really tell their families Uh, And
2: it was hard enough for me to tell my family that I am a comedian. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I can only imagine the blowbacks that I would have gotten.
1: The shame that both of us have brought upon our families. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm
0: really lucky. My parents are like, cool. Okay. This is, they're, they're bemused, I think. They're. But not surprised.
2: So other than the fact that anything indie is extremely cool. Obviously. And punk
1: rock. Yeah, yeah very wh- punk.
2: Why do we have indie abortion clinics? <laughs> um,
0: well, so uh, it, it, that's a great question. Independent abortion clinics um, are are really important because of a couple reasons. Number one, um, a lot of times they are just sexual health clinics, right? And so they provide birth control and... Uh, You know, they can provide referrals to get your tubes tied or your vasectomy. A lot of times they provide a lot. Though They'll be the chief source of care for trans people in a certain Mm. area, Um, you know, providing hormones and also just a place where a trans person can go and talk to a doctor who will, like, have any idea what they're dealing with. You know, um, I know that there's a big campaign right now for like a lot of like a lot of trans folks who have passing privileges will go to the doctor and they'll be like, "Okay, well you better get a breast exam." And they're like, "Okay, these are." Yeah. You know, <laughs> I absolutely don't. Thank you. Um but thank you. You know, and so yeah, that's uh so that that's one thing. And a lot of planned parenthoods do that as well, but uh a lot of planned parenthoods, for example, we're actually about to head to Milwaukee in a little while um for a show and Last year when we were in Milwaukee, there was another volunteer and I, or she was, um, I can't, she wasn't a volunteer, I forget what, I forget what role she was doing on the tour, but one of us needed birth control and one of us wanted to get an STD test um sluts so we basically. were sluts yeah yeah we, so just, we were just, on the road just you know a of on just the road. a couple of whores on the road trying to get a fix them up uh just, just taking get a little told, break from having sex get
1: a little tune up uh yeah. the whores on the road tour yeah. yeah
0: and so we were calling the Planned Parenthoods and a lot of them did not provide those services and there was one that didn't provide STI checks and didn't provide birth control. And we, and we happened to know for a fact that they also didn't provide abortions. And I wanted to be like, what do you do? And what, <laughs> what state was this? This was in uh, Milwaukee. So this is uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, wow. And so, yeah, the Planned Parenthoods are really affected by both national and statewide laws. And so a lot of times they will be very restricted. Obviously, independent clinics are also affected by state laws. Um, and also, you know, they have to follow national laws, but, uh, but they provide about 65% of the abortions in America. Um, and they are, yeah, they're, they're often very important to the community. Um, and yeah, and they don't get like the donations and the attention that Planned Parenthood gets a lot of the time. So Mm. if you live in a red state, find your nearest abortion clinic and help them out. A lot of times they are nonprofits, and you can donate to them. If you can't donate to them, you can donate to the abortion funds. Most states have a fund that helps um, helps people who can't afford abortions. And it'll help with things like transportation, child care, a place to stay if the state has a waiting period. Um, there's also the National Abortion Fund, NAF. Um, NAF.org, you can donate to them. They help women all over the country. So... Yeah, they're great. Um, Shop they local,
1: support your local abortion. Support clinics. your local abortion <laughs> clinic,
0: exactly. Yeah, you know, well, like we, I love Planned Parenthood. I've yeah. been to a million of them, but they are kind of like the Walmart. And this is, yeah, like it's smaller, independent shops, and it's also, you know, um, yeah, it's like doctors who really want to get on the ground and be a part of the community and um, and be, yeah, be there, and support. Hmm.
2: So. I'm a white woman on Twitter. Yes. That means that what I know about the state of abortion in the United States is that we are becoming the handmaid's tale, and it's very important that I get a (laughs) costume. Very, very
1: important. We need Um, a red cape now. Besides the
2: fact that I need a red cape. What do I need to know about the state of abortion law? And
0: red is so not my color. I'm kind of bummed. I was like, what about a forest green? Yeah. But I think the biggest, so the biggest thing that I have been telling people and have been trying to hammer home is that abortion is still legal in all 50 states. You can get it. It is protected by U.S. federal law. You can get an abortion up to 24 weeks. In every state. You totally can't, but like legally yeah. you can. And these clinics are still open and they are still working and they are still doing, right? Even in the laws where um, where they tried to pass some really fucked up law, like in Georgia and in Ohio, um, the ACLU and a bunch of other amazing, uh, NARAL, Pro-Choice Ohio, which is a pro-choice organization, they filed lawsuits and they are stopping the, law, like the, the laws that they passed from going into effect so I think that's the biggest thing to remember is that like, yes, there's a lot of scary stuff happening right now and it could fully go pear-shaped like tomorrow. But like, as of right now, Roe v. Wade is still in effect. You can still get an abortion all over this country.
2: So let's back up just a little bit. So if abortion is technically legal in all 50 states...
0: Yes. Um, for any reason. For any reason. what's What are the obstacles to accessibility? So there's... A million obstacles. And there's a lot of obstacles that even I never really thought of until I was traveling to these states and meeting with people who are either providing the services or receiving the services, Um, because, so you were talking about trap laws, which are laws designed to inhibit access to abortion, and they were ruled unconstitutional by the Supreme Court but they still exist all the time, like they happen all the time, which sucks because that was such an exciting victory. And my organization actually works really closely with Whole Woman's Health, which was the, they were the, um, they were the ones involved in that suit that they were trying to say these laws that Texas is passing are targeting us and they are, they are ridiculous. They're not based in any fact. And so a trap law is basically a law that says like, I'm trying to think of the the ones that they used in that case. Like it's usually
1: the it's like the the hallways have to be yeah. a certain width and they, they make that they will say that they have to be the same width as like hospital hallways that right. that can have two gurneys pass by mm-hmm. each other, which is very silly. Or yeah. have to or your doctors, uh the doctors there have to
0: have hospital hospital admitting privileges. Mm-hmm. And since then, there have been hospital admitting privileges laws passed in a bunch of states. And the reason that that's so ridiculous is that they say that it's to protect the patients. They say, they're like, well, it's to protect the women in case something goes wrong and they have to get to the hospital. Abortions are safer than most dental procedures. Yeah. They're safer than colonoscopies. You would never do that to even a dermatologist. Like they are safer than yeah. a lot of derma- like procedures that dermatologists are doing. They have fewer complications, fewer hospitalizations are required. And so to put those restrictions on them are obviously just because of what they do. And so, yeah, they were ruled to be unconstitutional, but they still happen all the time. So that's what a trap law is. And um, some of the restrictions and some of the reasons that there are only like one clinic in a bunch of states is that they will, yeah, they'll pass laws like you have to have hospital admitting privileges or um, you have to, you can't, they tried to... (laughs) This didn't pass, but it was really typical. In, uh, in Alabama, they tried to pass a law that said, so the, the people who protested outside of the clinic mm-hmm. tried to lobby to have a law passed that says, the signs that we hold outside of the clinic are very upsetting and offensive to children. So the clinic should have to be far away from an elementary school because it's so upsetting for kids to
1: see the signs that we are holding. Uh, this didn't pass.
2: This is a state that they have Roy Moore a, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um. I think a a champion of women. We can a, all agree. Agreed. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, of all ages. Of it's, all it's ages. Uh, yeah.
2: Setting that they're okay with him being close to kids and, uh, and not. Asaya. Oh well, they're
0: not. They banned him from the mall. Come yeah, on. Yeah, that's true. Wow. He's, not, See, like, you know, this is he's running example. again. This yeah. is
2: an example of how corporations will save us. And he
0: really <laughs> yeah. did say. I thought that someone made up that that post. They like someone made up. I thought it was like a joke where it was his face, and it said, reaching out to people of all ages. That was really his campaign. <laughs> oh that God. was really him. Anyways, Man. I can't.
2: We have trap lies. Yes. Um, what are other obstacles to getting an abortion, if you need one?
0: So most of the people that have abortions already have kids. Uh, also, yeah. so one in four women will have an abortion in their lifetime. It used to be one in three, but thanks to o- thanks Obama for making birth control accessible, <laughs> and now it's one in four, uh, which, weirdly, the other side never talks about. Uh, but... It's one in four women. Most of them already have kids. So in laws where there's like a waiting period, a lot of times the, they, they w- there will be laws that say you have to go in, you have to get a consultation from a doctor, and then you either have to wait one day, two days, some states are three days. So that means if you are in a state that only has one clinic, you have to drive, let's say you have to drive four hours. That's a, that's a, that's a conservative that's estimate. That's a conservative estimate. Some people have to drive a lot farther, especially in places like Wisconsin uh, Mississippi. Or Mississippi. Yeah. The clinic in Mississippi is one of my favorite places on earth. It's the best, but anyways, uh, so you have to drive four hours. You have to find childcare, then you take I- off work. Take off work st- because they're not right. They they they're not open every day of the week. The doctors do have to have lives. Uh, you have to get a consultation. Then you either have to go home or stay in. Say let's just say Jackson, Mississippi. You either have to stay in Jackson or go home. So that kind of cost is really prohibitive. And because of the Hyde Amendment, your insurance will cover none of that. Mm. And even if your insurance did cover it, let's say it covers the procedure and it covers the appointment. It doesn't cover the cost of the transportation of, say, the hotel or wherever you're staying. And uh, and so, yeah, it's just really difficult for a lot of people, especially poor people, to get an abortion. Um, and it's... It, it also is just one of those things. A waiting period is just saying, like, we don't trust you to make a decision about your body. Yeah. You have to sit and think about it like a child in time out. Uh, and it's bullshit.
2: Go to your room and think about your whoring. And <laughs> think about
0: your whoring. <laughs> And if you had a nice time, you know, I don't know, diddle <laughs> yourself or something. <laughs> just, and then also there's these transvaginal ultrasounds, which I had one recently, like, for just a medical thing. They just, you know, wanted to look up there because I, too, am a whore. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and it was fine. Like, it was fine for me. But I, they a lot of times they will force you to have one if you're going to have It is never medically necessary or, like, so rarely medically necessary to have a transvaginal ultrasound for an abortion. It really is just the state punishing women for, like, having sex. And I just... When it was happening, all I could think was, like, if I had been assaulted, or if this was... Even if I hadn't been assaulted, but this was happening to me because I needed an abortion, this would be so traumatic. Because it is... It's a giant dildo that they're shoving up your twat. Like, and it is... It's not medically necessary. It, it, It would feel like such a punishment. Like, I would feel so punished and so shamed, yeah. like by my state government, it would like, and you know, again, luckily it was just like a minor medical procedure that I was having, but I was just so aware of all of the women that I'd met, like I'd met women who had had this procedure, you know, I'd talk to people after they've had abortions and they're fine, they're, it's a minor medical procedure, but I just, now I know that they
1: also had to go through that and it was so upsetting. It's so violating and it's just, it's unnecessary, and that's the point. Yeah. Um, and you you had mentioned the Hyde Amendment. Let's for anybody who who it, that's uh, it gets thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. We we talk about it a lot in the the discourse.
0: Uh, so the Hyde Amendment is an amendment uh, to Roe v. Wade that was passed in 1976 by Henry Hyde, who is garbage. Who is hot garbage. Was hot garbage? I don't even know if he's alive. Uh, I hope Let's he's hope not. not. I fucking, I hope he's not. He was a congressman, and he literally said when he was advocating to have this um, amendment passed, he was like, if I could prevent everyone from having an abortion, I would. But I can only prevent those who are poor and impoverished, and so I will do that. He said that on the fucking floor. Um, oh, he's dead. Good. I'm glad. I'm like, <laughs> I, There's no dignity. My... Liz Winstead, who founded Abortion AF, says there's no dignity in death if you didn't have dignity in life. And I believe that. You're garbage, Henry Hyde. Ice cold. So I it's, love it. So it's just an amendment that says that the government will never pay for any abortions unless uh, the woman's life is in danger, which sounds great but that also means like if the woman's health is in danger if the yeah. woman's psychological health is in danger or if it was a case of rape or incest again that sounds great but number 1 that means that if you want to
1: have your insurance pay for you have to tell a whole bunch of people about your experience and also the burden of proof that it is rape or incest is on the woman which is absolutely, totally debasing and horrifying. And it
0: varies state by state. And states also have a lot of horrifying laws. Um, until 2017, 31 states had laws where a convicted rapist could sue for custody. Mm. It is now two states, which is great. Um, but a lot of those states have made it so that an accused rapist can sue for custody or um, you know, like like a convicted rapist They can't sue for custody, but they can still sue for visitation. And it's just, it's a way to, again, punish women for being assaulted. Uh, And it's also such bullshit because I'm like, you won't, you don't want them to have an abortion. So they have the damn baby and now they have to, what, co-parent with their rapist? So anyways, the Hyde Amendment just says that, yeah, no government money will go to abortions.
1: So that obviously disproportionately affects people who receive Medicaid. Right. Exactly. Um, and
0: honestly, I, I've i seen a lot of the candidates talking a lot of talk about overturning the Hyde Amendment. I don't Let's know if it's going to name happen. Names. Let's fucking name names. I mean, I, Warren has talked
1: about it, I think. I'm, I can't remember if Kamala Harris has talked I about it. I think Bernie's
2: mentioned it. Bernie, Bernie has, has
1: mentioned it in the context of Medicare for All. To her credit, and she's not my first choice, but Kirsten Gillibrand brought it up in the, the debate, um, particularly as a cudgel to use against... Biden's championing of um, bipartisan compromises yeah. because she used the Hyde Amendment as an example. That was a, bi- a bipartisan compromise and it completely fucking threw women under the bus. Mm-hmm. So she, using that as an example of like, well, this is what happens when, you, when you're when you obsessed with bipartisan compromise. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I think that's good. She's also not my first choice, but and I sometimes
0: feel like she comes to this issue as just a convenience thing, but she has been championing she, it. I, I mean, she's really, hard.
1: yeah, she, she's anchored her campaign in a lot of ways in women's issues, mm-hmm. uh, which is limiting, but ultimately, um, you know, in yeah. instances, instances like this, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think Marianne
0: Williamson is literally going to blow smoke up a bunch of people's twats, so I that'll be helpful, that. you know. Um.
2: Marianne Williamson, I, I don't actually know what her views are on abortion, but no I d- she does. definitely reminds I mean, me of the people in college that told me that I could uh, do an abortion with a T and a spell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, for
1: sure. That were yeah. crystals Which, and prayer. And sage
2: yeah. and 100%. <laughs> Um, All right, so let's come back to uh, my favorite person to talk about in the world, Mm -hmm. um, Bernie Sanders. So Bernie Sanders, um, you know, I think he's been criticized a lot for not speaking more clearly about abortion. I think, you know, when it comes to, um, things like the 1%, the millionaires and the billionaires, he is really articulate and he's great about making the same points again and again. You know, mm-hmm. Some people hate that about him. I, I, I like it about him. I think it's good that he's a clear message. But I think when he starts talking about reproductive rights, sometimes he gets really convoluted. And One point, though, that I think I, I wish he did a better job of making, as I say, in the most convoluted way possible, um, is that um, Economics are a huge obstacle for women who want to have abortions, um, and he talks about how Medicare for all is actually what will be necessary to make abortion accessible. I am a woman without health insurance. Um, I, if I needed an abortion, how much would this end up costing me?
0: Uh, in New York, it would cost. I want to say probably six hundred dollars. That is an average. It depends. if you truly have no health insurance, yeah, it's gonna be a minimum, and that's not including travel. So this is not a nationwide average. Um, and again, this is also older information. I'm basic, this is from the first year that I went on tour. So this is about two or three years old. Um, and yeah, again, it really varies, but I'm gonna say 600 minimum. Not including travel, not including childcare, not including um, missed work. If you're, an, if you're an hourly yeah. employee, medication abortion is cheaper. Uh, if it is, uh, it depends on your body and your pregnancy and how far along you are. Uh, if you need a D and E, that is more expensive. So that's a that's a real soft average, um, and it also depends a lot on the state because in some states. You know, some clinics have to hire a counselor to provide you with information. Um, to shame you. To shame you. <laughs> which is, And luckily, the counselors are amazing. And a lot of times, they are, like, social workers as well, and they are great. Like, when we were in West Virginia, there was a woman. She didn't do the counseling, but she did do a lot of the social work, and she would work with women who either were having an abortion or who decided not to have an abortion, and she would be their neonatal social worker and she was the most badass woman I've ever met. And she was so tired and we gave her a massage. we like booked her a massage cause we were like, you are tired yeah. and you need a break. Uh, because you know, she's in West Virginia. Um, 90% of the people she was working with don't have access to transportation and that's in rural West Virginia. Oh, so it's not like there's a bus they can catch. They don't have a car. So the costs are, yeah, they can they can vary so much and the sort of the worse off you are, the
1: more expensive it is, which is twisted and terrible. Um I actually think that Elizabeth Warren has been very effective in talking about that specifically both yeah. in terms of abortion access and in terms of um maternal mortality rates in this country which are insanely high and yeah. disproportionately affect low-income women and women of color.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is is that a lot of um, clinics are forced to lie to women, and that doesn't affect the cost, but it does mean that it can make the experience more confusing and traumatic. If you have to hear that the procedure you're about to have might cause depression and breast cancer which it absolutely doesn't. A lot of states Arkansas just passed a law that said that they had to counsel women getting medication abortion about quote unquote abortion reversal, which is that if you take the first pill and then you don't want it, you decide you don't want to have the abortion, it's possible to reverse it, which is not medically true.
2: Unless you're
0: Marianne. Unless you're Marianne. And well, right, obviously if you stick a wand and wave some
1: sage, that's a whole <laughs> different that's like
0: I don't know. Marianne the Williams is terms our she
1: is our queen, and um, she's everything to us. She is our witch queen, <laughs> and she will save us and sage us. Um, but but oh, yeah. so, so that's even different than so like legitimate clinics have to lie to women. Not yes. even like. Crisis Pregnancy Center, no. which we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. Which are another huge issue. Yes.
0: No, legitimate clinics. And and like these are like doctors who went to medical school, right? Who mm-hmm. know better and they have to, yeah, lie to their they can say that they are, uh, you know, they can say, this is not medically proven, but the state requires me to say that this can go, you know. Can they say
2: that in a passive-aggressive tone?
0: They can say it in whatever tone they want. Yeah, they cannot, We not as of yet, they cannot dictate tone. This is actually why I got into, um, this is why I decided that I want, really wanted to work for, uh, then it was Lady Parts Justice, now Abortion AF, is I saw, I was watching, um, I wasn't super politically involved. I was just like, you know, Pro-choice, but that was all I knew. And I saw a debate in Pennsylvania on the state Senate floor. Um, I was watching a video of these men who were passing a transvaginal ultrasound bill. Oh, yeah. That, and, and I was like, I didn't even know then that that wasn't medically necessary. I assumed that, like, you, for whatever reason, you needed that to get an abortion, and then they were, like, debating whether or not women would be allowed to close their eyes. So I was watching these men debate whether I was legally allowed to close my eyes as they forced a dildo up my toit and made me look at my the baby that I want. God. I mean, the fetus that I wanted to abort. That they were calling an unborn baby. That's a goddamn fetus. Probably an embryo at that point. Yeah. And debating whether I was physically allowed to close my eyes. And they decided that, we, that they are. Pennsylvania women are allowed to close their eyes. Wow. So...
1: Thank you so much, My progressive, heroes. progressive heroes of Pennsylvania. Yeah,
0: and that was when I was like, "Oh, this is some bullshit."
1: Yeah, I'm a uh, yeah. Burn it, down.
0: So
2: <sighs> I have a few more questions for you. Oh. Um, so one is that you know I think in this discussion um, we have talked about abortion mostly in terms of something that women need, mm-hmm. but I do want to acknowledge that not everybody who needs an abortion uh, is a woman. Probably. Mm-hmm. The majority of people, but are there ways for us to talk about this issue that one acknowledges that a lot of abortion restrictions are based in misogyny mm-hmm. and that's real, but also includes our our trans friends yeah. as well.
0: Um, yeah, and that's something that I try to be really conscious of a lot because it is it's a delicate line, and like that's one of the reasons that we changed our name. We were Lady Parts Justice, which was referring to the time. I think it was Missouri. I don't know. So th- there was a state senator who was talking, again, about an ultrasound bill. Um, I don't know if it was transvaginal or not, but she kept saying vagina, and the, the head of the... Um, uh, of the state senate was like can you please stop saying that vulgar word and she was like <laughs> what would you like me to say and he was like well why don't you just say lady parts <laughs> <laughs> hoo-ha yeah so that's that's why we had that name but like explaining that over and over again and especially in the news cycle now we're like no one remembers things from five years yeah. ago we we're like we got to change it so and it is uh yeah it is an issue that affects people of all genders um i think I don't know our head writer is a trans woman and she's amazing and she speaks a lot better more eloquently about this than i can but um i think the thing for me is that like i said a lot of abortion clinics are providing health care to trans people yeah and so it is it is a woman's issue and it is a an, an issue that affects everyone like that's yeah. the thing and it affects men too right like their lives are better or the women in their lives having those abortions a lot of the time. Or they're dicks, you know? It's one of the... like Either you support
1: that person's choice or you're a dick, so... I also think that language is ever-evolving and I think that we just haven't... We haven't figured out uh, a lot of kind of appropriate language, in inclusive language. Um, I know that sometimes people... <laughs> people you know... Corporations will try their best. I think that there was a uh, there was a company that called instead of saying women, in referencing periods, they said menstruators. <laughs> and I was like, that's not great. Uh, but
2: it is the name of my band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I was like, I know that is that is very that's that's a more inclusive term, but it's not all the way there. That's a first draft name.
0: Uh, From what I know, and again, I'm I don't I really don't want to speak for trans people, and so you know if there is anyone listening who disagrees, please let me know. You can DM me, please flood Instagram, flood flood my mentions, comments
2: on the show. If you write, no, for sure, no, for
0: real, I really do, and I really do want to make sure that I am speaking carefully and well and um, and accurately. I'm very lucky because, but also
2: disgusting. But yeah. also disgustingly descriptively and
0: grossly. Very gross at all. I am pretty gross uh <laughs> right now. I'm pretty sweaty. Um improving access helps trans men. And I think that, you know, Julián Castro actually handled it really well. He did misspeak and he said trans women instead of trans men, but then he apologized and he was also the first one to acknowledge it on the debate stage. So I think just having that conversation in the national spotlight like it's huge. It sucks that he got it wrong, but yeah. Then also to like have a team that helped him understand what he got wrong and like correct it. I think that that's great. And I think that that is going to be a big step in shifting the language. I think it is one of those things where like, you know, the abortion debate does affect mostly women, but in making the language more gender neutral, all we're going to do is show that it affects more people because it does affect cis men. It does. It even affects gay men, right? Like, at it least, it for affects sure, all
2: the cis men that I've fucked so far, <laughs> exactly. Because, man, I would not want have done that if I had to. I mean, I I have not had an abortion, and yeah, I, think, I
1: haven't either. No. Yeah,
2: I mean. I've only had but the I one that, god's
0: abortion. I know? think
2: if abortion were illegal, I, you know, I'd be making some different calculations in my life, um, which is maybe exactly what they want. Yeah. You know? So but. here's a, another topic I want to make sure that we get to because I think that this is the hot one that's mm-hmm. on people's minds. Um, what happens if Roe versus Wade is overturned? What does that world look like?
0: So, if Roe v. Wade gets overturned, a couple things will happen immediately, like that day. Um, there will be some states, there are now, I think three, three and a half, uh, that have put in place protections. So New York, Rhode Island, Maine, Massachusetts, and then s- Kansas. Kansas has, it was their, their judicial system, but so five. Um, and
1: I, th- oh, also Illinois. Yeah. yeah. I think Illinois is really coming. Illinois really coming wants off. to be
0: like the mid to like, haven. Yeah. God bless them. Um, so there's, I'm sorry, I said four, it's six states that will, nothing will change. Abso- you know,
1: basically, if Roe is overturned, it immediately gets kicked back to the states, and yes. it becomes there's no more federal protections uh, guaranteeing a woman's right to an abortion. Excellent
0: articulation. There are 14 states that have passed what are called trigger ban laws. That means that that day, right, like if it happens at 10 a.m., which is usually when they hand out the decisions, by the end of that day, the the laws will go into effect that say that abortion is illegal in those states and you cannot get it. And it's 14 states. Um, The other thing is that there are, I don't even know how many other states where there are cases that are in lower courts that might get thrown out. Hmm. Um, Right, like in Ohio, they tried to pass a six-week ban, which is insane because that's before most women know they're pregnant. Right. And it was overturned by a court. They put an injunction in place that said until that lawsuit is resolved, abortions can resume in the state. If Roe v. Wade is overturned, I don't know what will happen in those courts because that law will no longer be unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. And so it will no longer need to go forward. And so they might just be able to put that in place. It depends on the state. It will vary a lot because a lot of states have done things like add amendments to measures that get voted on by the whole population. Other times, they're just laws that get passed, and so there's a lot of like complicated things. But at, for at least 14 states, immediately abortion it will be illegal in most of in a bunch of the South. In large swaths of the Midwest, it will be protected in those six states. It will also be fine in Washington because for some reason they are just fully killing it with abortion. They're really <laughs> nailing it. Washington will be fine. The other thing that will happen is that. A lot of organizations will be celebrating. There's a lot like we're. There's an organization called Operation Save America um, that were they, were different
2: than Pod Save America. <laughs> different than right? Pod but Save it's not America, up by John
1: Favreau.
0: <laughs> also different than the daily Facebook Live that we do, which is Operation Save Abortion, and oh we boy. stole all of their uh, domain name. <laughs> not happy about it, but are they, they suck. Are they formerly Operation Rescue? Operation Rescue. Okay. Uh, they're also. They're not. There's another organization called AHA, which is Abolish Human Abortion, which is like not the same, but they hang out. You know what I mean? Like they're friends. Um, oh, they're such garbage. And a lot of them are like on FBI watch lists. They're legit yeah. hate groups. They're, t- I mean, and they're not just anti abortion, they're anti birth control. They're basically anti like women wearing pants. Like they're banana pants. But they have been influencing. You don't want us to
2: wear pants. You don't want us to take off our pants. Like, what? What do you fucking want from us, They want you barefoot in the kitchen, man. Uh, Well, I mean, I am actually barefoot in my kitchen. (laughs) Nailing it. um,
1: I will say, so Operation... I have a little aside about Operation Rescue. Um, So my... Dad is uh, a retired police officer, which is not great. He is, uh, you know, cops are bad, whatever. But he said that he would, like, that there was an abortion clinic in the the town where he worked. And he said that he would, like, literally delight in arresting Operation Rescue protesters. I think that that's, like, part of the reason why he's, like, so pro-choice is because he saw how fucking deranged these people are. Yeah. But it's another important point is that, That clinic in Massachusetts closed. And what we haven't talked about a lot is that clinics are closing. Clinics are being shut down and run out of town in blue states Mm -hmm. all over the U.S. Yeah, Um,
0: because and because they are working on not just a state level, but like on a town level, they will go in and make crazy like tiny amendments Um, to laws where, like, for example, Arkansas just did this. They have a a deadline to file a bunch of paperwork. They changed the laws of what type of paperwork they had to file. Um, They made it so that you had to ask a woman uh, whether or not she was having the abortion because the fetus had had Down syndrome. And if she said yes, then that put into place like this weird waiting period where they had to pull all of her medical records to find out if she'd ever done that before. Mm. And they made it illegal to get an abortion if you found out the baby had Down syndrome, which is bullshit on so many levels. I don't even have time to go into it. And, this is, and so they pushed the deadline from November to July. And the law went into effect in July, on July 1st. So all of a sudden, these clinics had to scramble to pull together all of this paperwork. And it was really crazy. And so they will, they will try and shut you down in ways like that that are just... It's like death by a thousand pricks, where it's just tiny little paperwork things. Um, in Alabama, they've done similar things, where it's like they have to report every uh, complication from an abortion. And I'm using air quotes, which you obviously can't um, hear because they don't make any sound. But I think uh, your tone can be uh, heard. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. but it, because a lot of times there will be quote unquote complications that are not related, right? Like you know, if a woman has an asthma attack and has to go to the hospital, she doesn't have her inhaler. That's not a complication of the abortion, but it, if it happens at the clinics, they get cited.
1: And, I, for you know, one, cannot believe that the home state of Roy Moore would do something like that. Would do like such that. A thing. Yeah. Uh, and Arkansas also did something similar where if a clinic has more than three
0: complications, the doctor's license is revoked. And, Jesus and Christ. And also, and it, it's important to remember, a lot of people, especially in these states, when they go to get an abortion, they're scared. They're scared they're going to be turned away. They don't, right? Like, I barely understand the laws a lot of them i get wrong and so i it would it's just it's not something that the average citizen should have to
1: know to just go get a medical procedure Uh, yeah a lot of the tactics are literally trying to like drown women in paperwork
0: exactly and so they're they'll go and maybe they don't disclose that they have high blood pressure they have asthma they have whatever medical condition because they're afraid that they're going to be turned away or they'll like especially oh man in alabama there was a fake abortion clinic. And it is so close to the real clinic. That's and always the, the same way. Font. Mm-hmm. It's called like the Women's Health Center of Alabama. And the other one is called the, the Center for Health of Alabama. And it's this, I mean, they look, we almost went to the wrong one. It's a crisis pregnancy. It's center. a crisis pregnancy center, which is a fake abortion clinic. There are 700, well, there were 700 abortion clinics in uh, independent abortion clinics in America, which does not sound like that many. Actually, that's, that might even be including... Planned Parenthoods That do abortions I'm not sure But the there's cri- 700 yeah. The
1: crisis pregnancy centers Almost always set up shop Very close Like a kitty corner To the, the actual Actual abortion And there's 3,000 of them yeah. In the country So
0: way more Way more, way more. 3,000 of them They're in New York They're in They're in really liberal states They're in Massachusetts um, They don't need to be real doctors No But yeah. they wear lab coats yeah. It's so sketchy it's so sketchy. And they the lies that they tell and they take your clothes and they take your phone. We actually sent one of our uh, employees in and she was amazing, but it was really scary for her. And it's they target women of color. They target poor women. They lie to women. Um, yeah, you should go to exposeflakeclinics.com because uh, you can find out if there's one near you and you can do things uh, to help undermine them and to help expose their lies. Uh, and it's really, really easy. If there was one thing you do, After this, I would say go to exposefakeclinics.com. I mean, do a bunch of things, but, like, that is a really easy one. You can just call them, ask them for some information, and then write a Yelp review. Fuck yeah. And, yeah, and you don't have to Reply, guys, get on this. Yeah, come on. Reply,
2: guys, you can... Assemble. You can can reply for good.
0: Exposefakeclinics.com.
2: There's just a couple more things I want to get to okay. before we run out of time. So, you know, we always talk about, by we, I mean the discourse, the online discourse. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk a lot about what happens if Roe versus Wade gets overturned. But from a lot of things that I've read, what seems more likely uh, is that Roe versus Wade may not be fully overturned, but it may be completely defanged. Um What does that look like? What does it look like if Roe versus Wade is still technically in place, but they're uh, or other rulings that just take all the power out of it.
0: I mean, they're going to keep tr- right like that's why all of these state these states pass these laws at once. That's why all of a sudden it felt like there was this huge phalanx that was attacking abortion rights is because now that Brett Kavanaugh is on the Supreme Court, every state is trying to be the state that passes a law that then gets sued and that lawsuit yeah. is the one that makes it to the Supreme Court. So they're just going to keep passing these laws and they're going to keep passing trap laws which are unconstitutional and we can you know sue them and attack them but it's really like it's such a multi-pronged attack that it's really hard to do that while these people are in office.
2: You know with Planned Parenthood versus Casey my understanding of that is that it made it so that states could pass more restrictions not necessarily banning abortion but that Like, one conceivable outcome we may see is that the Supreme Court does not completely overturn Roe versus Wade, but that we might see, like, you know, some version of it where it's like, okay, but you can actually pass any restriction you want and nothing qualifies as an undue burden. Yes. Because Planned Parenthood versus Casey basically said you can place restrictions on abortion, but so long they as can't the, be an undue yeah. burden. Yeah. yeah, But they so,
1: never really defined what that means. Which and so. obviously a lot of anti-choice states had a fucking field day. with yeah. yeah. They so were like, that's not an undue burden. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and transvaginal ultrasound is actually chill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, you know, I mean, we definitely live in a society where, um, I think the mentality of a lot of people is that nothing counts as an undue burden in a, in a woman's life. Um, so I, I don't know, what do you think is the likelihood of maybe not completely overturning Roe versus Wade, but just really changing that definition of undue burden to make it so that it is all but impossible to get an abortion anyway?
0: I mean, I think that's the most likely scenario. It's very possible that Roe v. Wade will be overturned, but I think the most likely scenario is that, is that they will continue to chip away at it, and until undue burden is defined, and until... We can put people in office who will, A, start electing more liberal judges um, and who will, yeah, put, put protections in place at a national level, on a federal level. I think that, yeah, that is the most likely scenario is they'll just chip away at it in a million different ways um, on a state level and on a federal level. Um, That's why we need to pack the court. Yeah. And we need to replace the people that Trump has appointed to the Department of Health and Human Services because they are doing the most harm and they are fucked
1: up. It's weird.
0: A lot of them have been, like, arrested for protesting at abortion clinics.
1: So unlike uh, people he chooses. I know. Weird. So Um, So I think that's
0: the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. but hopefully, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Part of me is like, oh, he's going to get reelected. It, it just know. feels kind of inevitable. But we'll see. We'll see.
2: So what can people do? Um,
0: uh, uh, there's a million different things. Uh, the first easiest thing, uh, like I said, go to exposefakeclinics.com. I almost said free clinics. You're e- <laughs> Expose- <reply> a guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exposefakeclinics.com. The other thing is, uh, use the correct language. This is really, it feels small, but it's really big. Don't say unborn child, say fetus. If it's an embryo, say embryo. It's an embryo until eight weeks.
1: I don't, I don't, I also, I know so many people on the left who say pro-life when they're, and I, that is so fucking incorrect. Don't say, yeah, say Mm anti-choice because that's what it is. That's what they are. They don't care if you live or die. They
0: would rather you die and the fetus live. Um, so yeah, don't say unborn child. Don't say pre-born. That's a word that they're trying to make a thing and it's not a thing. Say fetus, say embryo, say zygote, um, say anti-choice. The other thing is, um, definitely vote in your local elections, especially if even, you know, in New York, that matters. Your state um, legislature. If your sure. state appoints judges, vote for those judges. Look into the judges. If they suck, Let people know that they suck. Um, That's a really big one um, that, honestly, I didn't even know about until this year. Uh, I didn't know that there were judges that you could vote for. I also thought there were like 10 fallopian tubes until two years ago. So, you know, we're all learning. We're learning. We're Um, learning. Fallopian sounds like a lot. Um, So, yeah, the other thing is follow Abortion Access Front um, on all of the social media because we post things that you can do. Um, and if you join and you sign up on our email list, uh, we try, we really try not to spam you and we really try only to send you like things that are related to where you are from and where you live, right? Like if you live in a red state, we will send you information about your elections and stuff. Um, yeah, I think those are, those are all the easy things. Um, those are all the, but they also make a difference, um, find your local state abortion fund. Yellowhammer has been getting a lot of attention yeah. lately, which is amazing. And they're great, but every state has a yellow hammer and
1: every state, um, super important needs them. I would really, I would love to see more men getting loud about this stuff because yeah. anti-choice men are loud as hell. Yeah, And I just, I know that there are so many of our, of our brothers in Bernie, our who, Bernie brothers, our mm-hmm. Bernie brothers, uh, who do support this. So if that's the case, Like, I don't care if you feel like it's not your place to talk about it. It absolutely is because it affects you too, motherfucker. we're not going to fuck you anymore. We're not going to fuck you. A lot of liberals... The sex strike is not just for Alyssa Milano. (laughs) 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 Okay, Sarah, where can we find you? You can find me.
0: It's just my name, Sarah B. Hartzorn. S-A-R-A-H-B-H-A-R-T-S-H-O-R-N-E. I promise I'm not this... Like clinical and real life. No, I am. I talk about it. this is me
1: all the time, honestly. But I'm fun,
0: <laughs> so follow totally. me.
1: Totally. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the thank pod. You. This was th- <laughs> what a great discussion. Anyway. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Reply Guys. The show is hosted by Kate Willett and me, Julia Clare. Our producer is Genevieve Garrity. Our theme song was performed by Emily Fremgen, who wrote the song with Kate Willett. Our artwork is by Adrian Labelle.